It's the 5 Tool Podcast, back, kicking it with you, talking ball on a Saturday, feeling good, feeling great. Let's say hi to our folks here, I'm the Butcher, Black Josh, you good? I am good. Seamus, you good? Seamus, you good? Seamus is not good. We can't find Seamus, we cannot locate Seamus, so any, if anyone's seen a large, red-headed Bostonian man, about 8 foot 9, drives a 37-wheeled semi-truck full of weasels, And a please, minivan. And a minivan. And don't forget the blue minivan. Please locate him for us, please let us know where our co-host is, and if he's jumped ship to another show, we will fight for him back. So... We're back here on a Saturday, approaching the baseball season slower. Let's uh, see how Black Josh is doing. Let's check in with him, Black Josh. How you doing? How you holding up? I'm all right, man. Back right. to work, all that good shit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's hot out. It's super hot out. It's been hot out for like three weeks. Yeah, I'm ready for it to end. Yeah. Had I a- can I can deal with the heat. It's the fucking humidity that... Yeah? That just... It's tearing me apart. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where... I'm looking Hispanic here. I'm getting so dark from being out in the sun every day. And, yes, the humidity can drag down. And, yeah, I know a lot of people just getting real tired of this shit. And we've had a lot of storms here in southeast Wisconsin, so that's been kind of fun. Cooled off a little bit today. Josh and I were just having to catch outside, as we do before every Saturday edition of the 5 Tool Podcast. <coughs> but let's get underway. We need to start doing that after the show. What's that? Having, having to catch? catch? <laughs> Maybe we should. Because sitting here sweating... It's not good. I almost feel like I come in here so amped up with energy that it does me good actually wearing off some energy and running around outside because I drink so much damn caffeine before the show. Well, maybe you should stop. <laughs> and then my nerves get <laughs> so high. That's why I drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I always start the show with caffeine, finish with water, and I also finish with using your bathroom about 30 times, peeing out all the caffeine that I ingested in preparation for the show. So let's get on with it. We are 12 days away from opening day of the 2020 Major League Baseball season and a mere 13 days away from Cubs Brewers. Prime time on national television to open the season for the local mind. Once the gates are open, the sprint is on and whatever happens after that is anyone's guess. This season is as as unpredictable and wide open as any we have ever seen in the history of organized professional sports. Will we see the first 400 hitters since Teddy Ballgame last did it in 1941? Will Seattle use the shortened schedule as a means to sneak into their first postseason berth since 2001? What impact will the DH have on the National League, and how will it affect contracts and careers of certain players from here on out? And perhaps the most important question of all, Josh, if an, Astro player, if an Astros player gets beamed and no one's there to hear it, does he make a sound as he hits the ground? But yes. In, <laughs> yes, but in all seriousness... Will we even see the full 60-game schedule and a postseason? Will there be a World Series this year? Will everyone make, make it out of this healthy and safe? We don't have the answers to any of these questions yet. We're going in blind, and as horrible as all this may seem, it's exciting. All negativity aside, we are about to witness something new and unpredictable and fun. So let's sit back and let's enjoy the ride. All this brings me to our first story of the day that I want to talk about, and it's actually something I'm going to read to you. It was a piece by Adam McCalvey. He's a brewer's um, reporter correspondent. Reading this got me, got the hairs on my arms to stand up and chills down my spine. After reading this, I'm more excited than ever to get things started. So like I said, Adam, Adam McCalvey, he was out at the scrimmage on Thursday. They've been hold, holding five-inning scrimmage games almost every day at Miller Park. We were talking about this on Wednesday. They held the first of which to get the pitchers work, do a lot of situational hitting, do a lot of situational drills to get the players primed up and ready for this season. 
So Adam McCalvey wrote this piece when he was out there on Thursday, and it was kind of an interesting situation. It was kind of cool. So this, I'm going to read it exactly as he wrote it. So, If Hollywood at some future date decides to put the 2020 Major League Baseball season to film, we've got a suggestion for the opening scene. So picture it. Opening scene to the movie about the 2020 MLB season. It was Thursday at Miller Park. The Brewers' best starter and presumptive pick for opening day, Brandon Woodruff faced one of baseball's best hitters, Christian Yelich. It was just a scrimmage in a stadium that was silent aside from the rain pounding the roof. It seemed Mother Nature was amped, however. As Yelich dug into the batter's box in the middle of the extended at-bat, a bolt of lightning struck nearby and a monstrous thunderclap of sound shook the empty seats. Manager Craig Council called it a moment. Woody made some great pitches, and Yelich hit some great foul balls, which you don't say very often, great foul balls, but he did, Council said. Then the lightning struck in the outfield, and you think of the movie. For an intra-squad game on day two of this whole thing, it was definitely the moment of the day. The movie in question was the natural, but instead of Yelich channeling his inner Roy Hobbs and smashing a home run into the lights, it was Woodruff who won this battle. After pumping some fastballs past Yelich early in the at-bat and then getting a taste of Yelich's knack for laying off tough sliders, Woodruff struck him out swinging on a changeup. So it's kind of a cool scene that, that they, kind of a cool picture that was painted there. So, I mean, it's, it's day two, this, this whole unprecedented season, everything's unpredictable, nobody knows what's going to happen, nobody even knows if we're going to make it to opening day, nobody knows if we're going to make it to a World Series or anything. And it's this very uncertain time, and, and then you got this very uncertain weather outside, and you got lightning striking right outside the stadium, you got thunder shaking the seats in the stadium, and you got the Brewers ace, the guy who's our future at, at the mound, you know, the guy opening day starter, he's pitched for us in the playoffs, the, the man, Brandon Woodruff, the guy throwing heat, 98 mile pro or fastballs against baseball's best hitter in Christian Yelich. It had to be a really tense, cool moment in that stadium, and just, just something that must have been really cool. So how cool of a moment must have been that have been for the few at Miller Park at Miller Park on Thursday. Reading this made me feel like this team is a force to be reckoned with, much like the force of Mother Nature that sent thunder shaking through the stadium and nature that is the virus that has turned the season on its head. Perhaps the Brewers can be a force of nature just like that. Just kind of an interesting thing that Adam McCalvey wrote, and it would have been kind of cool to be there and to witness that moment. What do you think, Josh? I like it. He likes it. Black, like Black Josh approved. Yeah, that, I just wanted to open it up with that story because it, it, I think it just really like illustrates everything that's that's happening here. Just that picture that was painted there of how uncertain everything is with this season, and just like kind of like the guys embracing the moment and, and just happy to be there and enjoying being back, playing ball with each other in Milwaukee, whether or not there's a season at all. It's it's just kind of a cool moment. Mother Nature. Is cool a story, mother- bro. Motherfucker. <laughs> right. Next, Buster Posey. He's going to be sitting out the 2020 season. San Francisco Giants catcher Buster Posey announced on Friday that he is opting out of playing the 2020 MLB season. The reason being, Posey and his wife are adopting twin girls who were born prematurely last week. Um, here's a quote from Posey From a baseball standpoint, it was a tough decision. From a family standpoint and feeling like I'm making a decision to protect our children, I feel it was relatively easy. So you can't you kinda can't get mad at Posey for this. Honestly, probably if it was mid season right now, Posey would be taking the time off anyways. I mean at this point. If you if you're adopting twin girls. Well, it's not mid season. But it's if the it, start of the season. Well you have a problem with Posey sitting out? No, 
<laughs> I mean, come I on. Get it. I get it. Yeah. And plus, Posey's like a, a Hall of Famer already. Like, there, there's nothing. Well, is Posey a Hall of Famer? He's probably going to go to the Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the second best catcher of our generation. Yeah. You got Ear Molina being number one, of course. Buster of course. Posey being number two. Three rings for the guy. Come on. You're, you got three rings. You're a multiple time All Star. He was a gold glover multiple times, but he is just the latest of a growing list of players who will not be participating this year for a variety of reasons. The list includes, and it keeps growing, Mike Leak, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross, Ian Desmond, David... Who Joe Ross? He's a, he's a relief pitcher for the Nats. He, was, he won a World Series last year. He's got a ring. Did he participate in the World Series? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not much because it was mainly just their starters pitching, but he was definitely integral so. in getting them to the World Series. Mm, debatable. <laughs> Everyone on that team was integral. It's from going 19-31 and 31 to winning a World Series. Everybody played a part in that, at least at some point. Joe Ross, is a, is a, he's a decent reliever. Never heard of you, Joe Ross. Also, Ian, if Black Josh hasn't heard about you, you're nobody, Joe. Nobody. Figure your shit out. Maybe you should be playing this year. He probably has a good reason, and I'm an asshole. Canceled. Five tool canceled yet again. Also, Ian Desmond, of course, is sitting out. David Price. King Felix is sitting out. He was on a minor league deal, but, I mean, he's King Felix. He was probably going to be pitching this year at one point or another. Nick Markakis, another big name. And the highly touted pitching prospect from Chicago south side, Michael Kopech, which is a kind of a big surprise that you'd have a, their number one pitching prospect. One of the number one pitching prospects in all of baseball is... I mean, he has a time to shine here, and he's going to sit out this season. So, and, and there's also teams that are going to tank here, and they probably know it. And there's probably guys who are thinking, man, my team's going to tank anyways. This is bullshit, because I fucking voted for the White Sox to go. It's, it's the, I mean, the White Sox are, yeah, they need the pitching. They do need the pitching, but this guy's young. It's like, he wasn't there last year. You still got Yuan Moncada. He which, was there last year. He pitched a couple games. Michael Kopech? I yeah, so. I mean, after, it's September call-ups. Yeah, but he is—he is one. Of, yeah, yeah, Chicago. Because I, I remember hearing them talking about him on, uh, like at bat and shit. Or whatever yeah, because he's the real deal. But uh, you pick. To be fair, though, on on my, my side, devil advocate, you picked the White Sox before a sixty-game season was instilled. This is true. So, this like, you you. True. In all fairness, you can pick again. <laughs> like, you can pick your a new. No. <laughs> sticking with the White Sox, I'm winning it up. Yohan Moncada. I heard Anderson still going to be the MVP. Yuan Mankata had the set. Okay, so you know the merger ALNL. This 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 took place like hundred years ago. Last year, Yuan Mankata had the highest batting average on second highest batting average on balls in play. In the since integrated since they integrated both leagues, Yuan Mankata for the White Sox. This motherfucker, his his, his BABIP was like four twenty one. That's batting average on balls in play. That's historical numbers. This White Sox team. What do you is, mean by balls in play? So if you, it's not a foul ball and it's not a home run. It's in play. It's within the lines of a foul. So if you hit a ball and it ends up in there, it's, a, it's your average of whether or not you're going to make an out if you hit it forwards and not foul or in a home run. Okay. Which is a really huge stat. Because, I mean, it's like if you get it there. I can't keep track of all these stupid but it's, new stats. But it's also a luck stat. Because, like, it's hard enough to hit a ball, let alone hit it in play. And not hit a home run in today's baseball. So it's it's a very much a luck stat. But if you have that high of a batting average on ball and play, like you're fucking spraying well, that. You know how I hit. I'm, I'm going for dingers all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, you're Big Al, and you hit dingers, right? Yeah. But yeah, Kopech's hitting the season out, and I'm sure that list is going to grow. And we'll talk about another gentleman who is probably on that I list. I think some Astros are going to end up sitting out because <laughs> they're going to get beam. 
According to this thing I'm reading, yeah. What do you got there? Is this new? Apparently, I don't know. It says it was posted an hour ago. As- it says the Astros, Astros are actively trying to get out of playing this season. Like, the say, Astros... Cite the article and read that quick. WDKS... WDKSports.com. All right, that's okay. And this is the article. They are saying that breaking news Saturday out of Houston is that the Astros are canceling their practices going forward in recent light of the COVID. However, there's a different story. According to Jose Altuve, quoted saying, Hell no, we don't want to play. Do you know what the dangers for us playing this year are? Oh, yeah, and the coronavirus is serious, too. That was Jose Altuve. Is that a satire article or no? I don't know. That, that sounded legit. That's really funny that Jose Altuve would actually say that. Yeah. Trevor Bauer says they're going to get got, but nobody cares what he says anyway. Fuck Trevor Bauer. And apparently Alex Bregman hasn't been seen since the Vegas odds showed him most likely to be hit by a pitch. Are you serious? That's what this he is saying. He hasn't been seen? That's what this is saying. <laughs> yeah, of course you don't want to fucking play this year. And then... Chapman said something, but I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what he said. Here, I'm going to read it just for fun. Mi predicción, dolor. Yeah. Uh, so his prediction is... Dolor. Dolor. <laughs> That's going to be the name of this episode. So... <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Mi prediction, dolor. So Astros may not want to play this year for multiple reasons other than just the COVID. That may be a satire I article. I think the COVID is lower on their list. Than, it it sounded like it based on that Jose Altuve quote, if that is in fact legit, and if Alex Bregman really hasn't been seen... He has been seen, though, that's for sure. Because I've seen him on... Yeah, that's not... I've seen him on MLB shows. Like, he was a runner-up for... He might not have been seen, like, in person, but he's definitely... He was runner-up for MVP. He's definitely being seen. Like, they should have just said that he hasn't been seen outside of his house since then. Because I'm sure he's been seen on different things. Great segue. Speaking of not being seen out of your house... Sheamus! The bubble... Oh... The Bubble Blue Jays cannot be seen out of their house. The Toronto Blue Jays players and staff could face significant penalties if they break the rules set in place to deal with the pandemic during this baseball season. According to TNS Sports' Scott Mitchell, players have been told they can be fined up to $75,000 and possibly serve jail time if they wander outside the hotel or ballpark during the season. The Canadian government set these rules in place, and the penalties are the maximum allowed, and the players have been told they will face these consequences no matter what if caught breaking them. So in Canada right now, there's a mandatory 14-day quarantine, Josh, for anyone entering the country. So if you go into Canada, you have to quarantine for 14 days before you can go amongst the public, and you're likely going to be tested as well. But the Canadian government made an exemption for the Blue Jays so they could participate in this baseball season. So then the team and the organization together with the government created a bubble so Rogers Center has a hotel attached to it as many people know because there's the famous incident where there was people having sex in the hotel window and people could see it at the game excellent story the kind of story you only hear in baseball that's why I love baseball the team created a bubble between the Rogers Center and the Toronto Marriott Hotel and players and staff will not be able to leave the bubble while in the city with the threat of the penalties we mentioned also teams going there will have to stay in the hotel in the bubble I don't know what this means for... I think they should put an actual bubble. <laughs> same, with, same with Disney World. Put an actual bubble over Disney World above the NBA players. Put an actual bubble in Toronto. Yeah, just like they did in the Simpsons movie. Where they put the entire <laughs> yes. town in a big bubble. Yeah. Let's just do that. Or like Sea Lab 2020. I didn't see that. <laughs> I never seen that. It was I only watch good movies, sorry. No, this was an Adult Swim show, Sea Lab 2020. Well, I definitely haven't seen it, though. No, it was really old. It's funny. But yes, there's a bubble, so these players... 
could face jail time if they leave the bubble. What do you think about that, there, Josh? First, uh, Travis Shaw had something to say about it. He was oh, like, "Oh, sure." I forget his tweet. Swing and a miss. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't a significant tweet. But yeah, he said something like, "Wow, we didn't realize this was going to be this big of a deal or something." So Travis Shaw, it doesn't matter. You're not. You're probably not even on the sixty-man roster, anyways. But Black Josh, what do you think of the Blue Jays' bubble? Bubble. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Not even remotely close. It's better than them not playing. So, so the alternative, what I what I thought was going to end up happening. With uh, the no, the alternative would be that people would stop being retarded. Well, That's I, don't, the alternative. I don't know what Canada's COVID numbers are compared to the United States COVID numbers and if they're doing better, but they're much more strict than we are here and they got the mandatory quarantine and I don't know, blah, 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 blah. All that shit aside, what I thought was going to happen with the Blue Jays because of this mandatory quarantine period was that the... Blue Jays were going to end up playing in like upstate New York, or they were going to be at some minor league field in the in the United States, so that they wouldn't yeah. have to. Yeah, why don't they just back. do that? No home games for the Blue Jays. Sorry, sucks to suck, losers. Also, in Blue Jays news, this just I heard, I heard today. You remember the Vlad Guerrero Jr. experiment? They were going to try to make him a third baseman. No. Well, they fought, well, he was a third baseman, but he's terrible. He had one of the worst defensive metrics of any third baseman in all of baseball last year. That experiment we knew was going to end at some point unless he improved. Well, they're just going to do it this year. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be strictly first base and probably DH. So at the ripe age of, I believe, 23, he's already stuck in a DH role. I expect him to just gain weight like David Ortiz. <laughs> I expect Vlad to be like Prince Fielder size by the time he's 27 at this rate. But, not even. but he's still going to hit dingers Probably. all over that fucking Rogers Center, Skydome, whatever you want to call it. Bubble. Bubble. But yeah, no one cares Travis Shaw. It's all about Ryu. Yeah. It's all about Ryu, and it's all about Vlad. They're the future of that I team. I honestly forgot that Travis Shaw was even a Blue Jay. That's how irrelevant he is to me. I almost forgot Travis Shaw existed. I did forget. I still see people wearing Travis Shaw shirts around every now and then. Well, that's because they're cheap, and they think wearing a jersey from somebody who doesn't play anymore. Like, it's one thing if you're wearing a fucking like jersey. Like a legend? Yeah. Like a Molitor? Or, or a Yount. Yount, or yeah, something like that. That's way different. But even, I'll, I'll accept Fielder, just because. But, for someone like Travis Shaw, no. What if you're wearing a, no. a jersey of a current player, but it's their old model? So, like, I got my Arcia, but it's the old logos and stuff. Can I still wear that to the ball games? Yeah. Because he's still a player? Yeah. And what about fucking amazing. What about in three years when he's a Matt? He's not going to be a Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another news I just heard today. The Baltimore Orioles are reportedly in on Yasiel Puig. <laughs> that he poor guy. He ain't going to Baltimore. The Orioles? No, but there's no way he wants to be stuck in Baltimore. No That's way. a five-year turnover before they're anything decent in Baltimore. Yeah, no way. It's going to be a while. Puig's going to be in his 30s by the time Baltimore is anything worth facing the Yankees or the fucking Braves. Yeah, he's he's not. he's not going to like I think Toronto's gonna be good before Baltimore. They is. would they would have to offer him a shitload of money. Yeah. I think. But I mean nobody it doesn't seem like anybody else is offering him a deal. Do you think he wants to stay in the majors? I I don't I don't know. I'd fucking wait it out, man. I don't know what's in Yasiel Puig's head to be honest. <laughs> Who does? Other than that nasty tongue it has. In other news that came out today. Other news. What was it what was that quote? Which one? Never mind. Araldus Chapman. 
Just a little while ago as I was preparing the notes for the show, Aaron Boone announced that Yankees flamethrowing closer Araldis Chapman has tested positive for COVID-19. Now you may be asking well, yourself... That's what, that's what Delore means, COVID. Del- <laughs> Sorry, we love you, Chapman. <coughs> now, you might be asking yourself, is this karma sweet karma getting Araldis Chapman back for beating his wife those years ago? No. I say probably, but maybe not. Boone added that Chapman is feeling mild symptoms and will not be back to camp for the foreseeable future. Chapman is now the third Yankee to test positive, along with utility man DJ LeMayhew and pitcher Luis Cesar. So Chapman, we might not be seeing him throw at Astros this year, but apparent, according to the report that we heard before, we may not be seeing any Astros this year. They're going to let all their minor leaguers take all the fucking heat and beam them while Altuve is sitting in some cryogenic tam- chamber to make himself like a half an inch taller. <laughs> what the fuck? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a good mood when I was preparing today's show. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Let's do some rapid fire, Josh. Oh, shit. We can do it. We don't have to go fast. But I got a little rapid fire segment, so I'm going to read a story, and you're going to tell me an answer to the question at the end. So, Brian Cariota. Never heard of him. Good. You shouldn't have. A paramedic who was working in the dugout during the 2019 ALCS is suing the Houston Astros after he was struck in the head with a foul ball during a game. He's suing for a million dollars and alleges that the team is responsible for damages and injuries because there was no protective netting in place around the dugout. Is that cool that he's suing the Astros, or is it douchey? No, that is a super douche move. He's trying to get a million from him, though. Wouldn't you? No. So you're a paramedic working in the Astros' dugout. You hate the Astros. That's the only reason he's doing it. Well, it doesn't say. He's literally only doing it because he hates the Astros. Maybe he wants a million dollars, too. Well, yeah. But But there's no way he went into that job. There's no way he's going to win this because he went into that job knowing full well you don't put fucking netting on a dugout, right? No. So there's no way he's winning this, right? They do have they do have the guard thing right like every other dugout has though. Yeah, but you're still at risk if you, especially I mean those guys who are hanging out they're watching the game so they know they're going to. Oh yeah, them. but they also are fully aware that if they get hit by a ball, it's 100 percent their fault. Mm-hmm. So uh, sorry, bud. Maybe don't take the job at the place where the flying bats and balls are going around if you don't want to get hit with a flying bat or ball. Am I right? Or just don't be a bitch. Like, I'm not going to go to war zone if I don't want to get hit by a bunch of bullets in artillery show. Don't be a bitch. Or don't be a bitch, Brian Cariotto. So yeah, this, Brian. Brian, is the Five Tool Podcast calling you out saying that you are, in fact, douchey. Next. Next. Phillies. The Phillies. Phillies may let JT Realmuto test free agency. He's one of the top catchers in the game, and he won a gold glove last year. Is this smart or crazy for the Phillies? Uh, now, now, let me remind you, this is a Phillies team with Bryce Harper. They have, a, they have Aaron Nola. They have a pretty stacked pitching rotation. They have Andrew McCutcheon. They have a pretty stacked batting order. I mean, there is... Why did you even bring out Bryce Harper? I'm just saying they have a decent team. They have a, as good as any team in the AL East, except maybe the Mets. Or the Nats. They're, they're in there, though. They're, they're, they're an 80-91 to 91 team on any given year with the, with the lineup that they have and the roster that they have. So is this smart or crazy for them to get rid of J.T. Romuta? Or to let him test free agency? I think it's a bad idea. Why do you think it's a bad idea? Because he's good. Because he's really good, right? Yes. He's a, good, he's a decent catcher, and he's a decent hitter. Yeah, and he's a really good catcher. He's a really good pitch framer. 
really good at throwing guys out and a gold glover. I mean, and yeah, he's he's a serviceable hitter every single year. He's a game manager. He's probably the kind of guy who's going to be managing ball clubs after his career as good Horrible as you can get. Choice. But I think what the Phillies' angle may be is that they're going to let him test the waters and see, much like the Asmani Grandal saw, like, you're probably going to get the same money anywhere else as you will here. You might as well be with a team that's contending rather than go to a team like the Marlins. Yeah, but back to you the can't Marlins even say something. that the Phillies are contending. You really can't say I that. I mean, yeah, I can. Mm. They're, they're contenders. What did they win last year? Look it up. Four? They won four. The Phillies won four. They are a contending team. Most definitely the Phillies are a contending team. And they keep getting better every year. The Fighting Phils. What did the Phils do last year? I don't know. The Fighting Phils were a 500 team last year. 500 even. Literally 500. So and the Mets did do better than Amanda Brown. Okay. And the Nats. So. So yeah, the last thing they you know, so what you're saying is the last thing they want to do is let go of JT Romuto. But what if you're paying 17 million dollars a year? Maybe it's not worth having JT Romuto. I mean, the Brewers let Yasmani Grandal walk, and we were all okay with it. Uh. Wow. Well, no. Now we're trying to be okay with it. I'm still really not okay with it, but I don't know. I still think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's a great idea. I think I'm just challenging him. Being, him being him, he'll get a he'll get an, a couple offers from teams, and one of them just might be the one. I just like you know what? Fuck you, Philly. Yeah, I think this is the Philly Fuck saying you, Bryce Harper. I think this is the Philly saying, "Look, we're paying Bryce Harper ninety billion gajillion dollars, and we we're not going to give you a long term deal. Go ahead and test it. Let us know what you come up with." But we don't think you're going to get a long-term deal, and we're not going to give he'll you get one. He'll get one. He might not get a long-term he's, deal, but he'll definitely he'll get He'll get three or four. Fucking Yasmani Grandal got four. I don't see why he can't get three or four. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, definitely. Agreed. Definitely. Agreed. One more rapid fire for you. As <laughs> Why do you do that? I thought you had a bunch of them. You no. only had three. That's lame. Ace third, third baseman Matt Chapman joked to the media recently that he believes that playing with no fans in the stands would actually be an advantage to Oakland because they are used to playing to a nearly empty stadium. <laughs> is this funny or is this douchey? This is hilarious. <laughs> okay, Matt Chapman. Oh, Jesus like, Christ. If you want to make a list of the top two in no specific order, best third baseman in baseball, that list is... Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado. Like, that's the two, no matter what. And yeah. So their star player in Oakland said to the media, yeah, we don't have fans anyway, so I think we're going to do just fine this season. Funny, you say funny? I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious, too. So let's turn the tables a little bit just to see if we can feel how the Oakland fans might be feeling right now. I think just to fucking spite them, though, they should all show up. Everybody. <laughs> just show up and... Fill the stands. <laughs> just break down the barriers. And never <laughs> cheer when he fucking comes to bat. <laughs> cheer for everybody else except him. <laughs> it's a good team in Oakland, man. They, they're always there. And Matt Chapman... <laughs> yeah, it would be funny, though. Especially it's a, like a, it's a team that like the ownership hates the city, won't get him a stadium, won't do anything for him, won't ever pay for players. They're never going to give Chapman a long-term deal. They're never going to give anybody a long-term deal. It's just an ownership group that hates... Hates their fans, so so then it's even like more of a kick in the face to these fans when Matt Chapman's sitting there like, yeah, well they don't come to the games anyways. Well, maybe build them a fucking stadium, and they will come to the goddamn games and sign your Matt Chapman's to a long term deal. Get snitch Mike Fires off the goddamn field with a goofy ass mustache, and maybe 
Maybe you'll get some fans. They all fucking dressed up like him the other day. Yeah, I know. They had the masks with. <laughs> that was kind of funny, actually. I hope he gets popped in the face. What a snitch. Wow. I'm not a fan of Mike Fires. That's kind of rude. Well, he's a goddamn snitch. Snitches get stitches. But anyway, so what if Christian Yelich were to say, or Giannis Antetokounmpo, or Aaron Rodgers were to say to the Journal Sentinel that, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a sim- similar scenario. Oh, it doesn't matter that we don't have fans in the stands because Brewers fans don't turn up anyways. It's always Cubs fans anyways at the regular, I mean, at Miller Park when the Cubs are here. So what, what, is, what difference does it make? Would we be mad at Christian Yelich or would we be laughing? I would still laugh. I think I'd still laugh too. Because it's funny! <laughs> and, I would definitely still laugh. And you know what? I'm sure most Oakland fans probably are laughing. Ones who actually care. Ones who actually watch baseball and understand the dynamics and that these guys are just people too. And you know what? If I had Matt Chapman, I would let him... I'd let him say whatever the fuck he wanted if he was my third baseman, really, because he's a goddamn legend already oh, in my book. Well, look at all the shit that they let Nolan Arenado say. Yeah, right? What was that, two years ago or whatever? Yeah. He was running his mouth real bad about the Rockies organization. He's still, I mean, even this offseason before the COVID stuff, he was like, he's like, they didn't do anything for us in free agency. Why? Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, but yet he's still there because how do you get rid of the fucking best third baseman in the game? You don't. Unless you're a complete idiot. Right. And he's already paid. And yeah, he's already paid. All right. Hilarious. It's, that it last hilarious. one was great. That I, like. was, I love that you saved that for <laughs> That was perfect. All right, all right. So what I want to finish with here, we'll, we'll be talking pretty lengthily, lengthily about it, I believe, but uh, the Brewers pitching advantage going into 2020. Now, you don't hear that often. We're the Brewers since fucking 1970. We've never been that team with the shutdown rotation. We had our <clears throat> time with CeCe. We had our time with Granke. We had our time with Ben Sheets. There was periods where we had Jeff D'Amico, who was legendary for quite a while. There was times when we had good pitching, Raleigh Fingers. But we never had, like, that pitching staff. And, and I think it often gets overlooked. We're never that pitching team. We're a team that likes to hit home runs historically. We're a team... That's nitty-gritty baseball, historically, but we're, we've never been a team that's been known for its pitching. And especially in the last two seasons, the Brewers have been projected to have just this awful, awful pitching. Yeah, our bullpen's pretty good. You got Josh Hader, but we don't have any names. We have jo- our, our biggest name as a pitcher is a, rele- a middle reliever, essentially. He's not even really supposed to be a closer. Our biggest pitcher is a middle reliever. He shouldn't be a closer. He's, I mean, if you go to... Fucking Tallahassee, Florida, and you ask somebody, name one Brewers pitcher, or name two Brewers pitchers, they name one, and it would be Josh Hader. That's it. They wouldn't, the average fan of baseball does not know any, any other pitcher on the team. And they're, the last two years especially, highly underrated, and they've exceeded expectations. Every year the Brewers pitching staff ends up being vastly underrated coming into the season. And with a larger pool of players to choose from this year, Council would be wise to implement much of the same strategies he's used in the past two years after September call-ups. So mind you, we have a 60-player pool to choose from this year. This is like having September call-ups all year round, plus 20 players. So let's let's paint a picture here. So before September call-ups in 2018, the Brewers were 15th. They were dead middle of 30 ball clubs with a 394 ERA before September in 18. After September, to throughout the rest of the season, the Brewers 
had a 270 ERA, which was the best in baseball. They went from the middle of baseball, and then September comes, and Council sees the, this influx of talent, and he puts the puzzle together for pitching, and they become the best staff in baseball. 19, 2019, before September, the team had a disgusting 448 ERA as a team. Oh, God. That put them in 18th in baseball, which is surprising. I would think it would be like 24th or something. After that, after September, a 3.22 ERA, which put him at second in baseball. So the last two seasons, when you give Craig Council more pitching, more options to choose from, he's found a way to take his team, his pitching staff, from middle of the pack or worse to stand out the best. Coming into 2020, the Brewers already have eight men competing for rotation spots. We have Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser, Josh... Josh Lindblom, Brett Anderson, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, Eric Lauer, and Shebley Miller. And those eight rotation spots were for 162 games. Now it's only 60, and you got those eight guys to choose from, just for starters. And with a bullpen that's carried this team the last two years, we have capable arms in Josh Hader, a healthy Corey Knebel, a healthy full season of Brent Suter, Ray Black, David Phelps, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you still have, yeah, you could still throw Adrian Hauser. You still, I mean, all these guys you can intermix. Did, uh, did we get rid of Fat Albers? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. Fat Albers is long. I don't even know oh. if he's in baseball right now. So Council has around 17, 17 serviceable arms to work throughout one-third of the length of a regular season. And he has proven he might be the most capable manager in all of baseball when it comes to a large pool of pitching depth and a short amount of time to win games. Because he's proven this the second half of each of these seasons. These bullpens come out strong. He's, he's using the opener. He's throwing guys in for three innings and then giving long relief to some middle guys. He's using seven pitchers a game, but he's doing the out-getter mentality that's worked time and time again. According to the team's coaching staff, they have given each pitcher specific plans to follow throughout this time off. So what that means is these guys are all ready to go right now, like today. Like, these guys are ready for this 12-day like this twelve day period and to go into the season. These guys have been ready the whole time. Every team says they've been doing it, and the Brewers included. And we've seen the videos on Instagram. We've seen the videos on Twitter. These guys working, and they're ready to go. And that's 17. If you lose five, you still have 12. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, there's so much depth here. So expect Craig Council to employ the same strategies we've been seeing during the last two playoff chases. Some games will see a guy open with just a few winnings of work or less, similar to, to what we've seen in the playoffs in years past. Others will be a more traditional five to six inning start. Expect Freddie to be used in different roles. Expect him to open a game. Expect him to come in in middle relief. Expect him to do three to four innings to, if you want some hard throwing in the middle of a game. Expect Hader to take more middle innings and not, not so much of a closer role. Expect Hader to be used more, I'd say, how you we saw him in 2018 rather than 2019 because Knable, if he's effective, plus the other guys. I think Josh Hader is most effective when you're trying to protect a lead in the middle of a game rather than when you're trying to close a game out. That's my estimation. But most of all, expect this pitching staff to once again defy expectations and give this team a fighting chance at another playoff run. I am so confident in this pitching staff. I'm actually, I mean, we've talked about this, Josh. You're picking 40 games this year. Yeah. I'm picking around 37. I think, once again, this will be the third year in a row where this pitching staff's highly underestimated. And 
they've been saying it. Stearns has been saying it. Council has been saying it. This team is built specifically for this type of situation because the Brewers have been an unlucky team when it comes to injuries in years past. And I think Craig Council has a sense of that. And I think David Stearns, in terms of building a team, has a sense of depth. Like, And it's weird. Like, Other teams don't seem to have that skill where you can just like plug-in guys in the middle of the season who haven't really pitched in the majors too much, or they've only had a few innings, and you find a way to make them super effective at the end of the year. I feel so comfortable with our organizational depth and the guys running this crew for 60 games. Like, We're going to have to see with the new rules, though. We're going to have to see what he does with the new rules. Yeah, but I think it even helps more with having, having that unfortunate rule thing with the three-batter minimum to have this depth, because... I mean, that's probably why they let Junior Garrett go. I'm, and they're going to have to find a way to make Hauser work with it. And they're going to have to find a way to make, what's Tipsy's name? Tipsy? Tipsy. <laughs> this guy. Oh, um. um Claudio. Yeah, Alex Claudio. Because he was your situational guy. But he ate up so many innings last year. Yeah, he did. They'll find a way to make it. I mean, I'm, I'm so comfortable with this pitching staff of all things. And I think rather than seeing those first half, second half numbers that I just read off to you this year, I think it's going to be more we're going to have those second half numbers throughout this season. I think we're going to finish top six in pitching. Top five, top six in pitching this season. We're going to be there with the Rays and the Nats and those types of teams. I really I hope so. I got, I got confidence in them. But we'll see. I see us There's as, a lot of question marks too yet. Yeah, there is. I see us as very much like a Tampa Bay Rays team where we got all these like we have one, one or two stars and all this like lesser-named talent, but just we quietly win games and we quietly beat people and we quietly shut them out. You just don't know what's going to happen. Look what happened with that freaking Yahoo we got from, uh, what was that, Baltimore the other year or whatever? Jonathan Scope. Yeah, look what happened to him when we got him. Yeah, AL Player of the Week coming into... Didn't do a goddamn thing for us. Yeah. He didn't do a goddamn thing. But Stearns has hit more than missed in those in those areas. I will give him that. He's sure. definitely hit way more than he's missed. I'll give him that. In free agency. I mean, because he gave us, he has Monty Grandal. He gave us Lorenzo Kane. He's given us Michael Stockas twice. Yelich. <laughs> he's given us, yes, he's given us the god <laughs> of Milwaukee sports. Like, it's 12 days away. By the time we're doing this show next, it's going to be a week, less than a week away by the time we do the show on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. Anything else you want to talk about, Josh, before I shut her down? No. All right. Well, like I said, it's going to be an amazing season. We're happy to be sticking with you. Thanks for sticking with us through this pandemic. We'll be welcoming Eric Agnew from the Miller Park Minute more in the next coming shows, and we are working on booking new guests for this upcoming season. Now that we finally have some baseball, we're going to get some more guests. We're going to get some new segments. We're going to have a lot more fun here at the Five Tool Podcast, and we're really excited to bring you more content, we're very excited to talk ball with you. So please like, subscribe, share on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And please find Seamus. And please find Seamus and his semi full of weasels. Don't widen the plate.